Hi, this is Tracy Savage. I'm Debbie from Friday the 13th, Part 3. When I'm not hiding from axes or arrows or trying to keep Shelly quiet, I'm listening to Nightmare Junkhead. of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from this is the nightmare junkhead podcast a horror podcast that celebrates the entire catalog of the band belly (laughs) (laughs) okay okay my name is greg d i'm genius mcgee and on today's episode (laughs) we continue to frolic into the world of full core and we're feeding the trees as we experience 1983's eyes of fire and whether you've gone for gasps at a community theater or not, you can listen into our show. Simply search for Nightmare Junkhead wherever podcasts are played. Hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, it will download directly to your listening device of choice. All up in your gas pole. <laughs> and as this episode, uh, no, I should say, we, uh, you can find us out and about gasping on social media. Uh, we're on Twitter at Nightmare Junk, and on Facebook at Nightmare Junkhead, and it is on that book of ace. Where we have an events tab, which leads to shenanigans and Russell shenanigans. And as this episode is releasing on Friday, November 18th, if you live in the Kansas City area, head on over to Screenland.com, where they will have your rustling shenanigans taken care of indoors. And virtually, because it's too fucking cold. There are some Toros in the atmosphere. It, it's, it's that time of the year, my friend. Mm-hmm. Layering up, layering up. Now, that being said, on the Friday this releases... Our latest Friday Night Fright genius. Who? Buckus! Bong! Indeed, we are breaking out the Dong Gong, and it's kind of shocking that we get to do that with a film that features one Terry O'Quinn, mm-hmm. Jill Sholin. Love Jill Sholin. And you cannot beat that combination, That those three things. Terry O'Quinn, Jill Sholin, the Dong Gong. Mm-hmm. If we aren't seeing you out for uh, the stepfather, who am I today? <laughs> who are you here, genius? <laughs> now that being said, looking forward to next Friday night's fright and closing out November, and it's one that we've talked about on Into the Mouth of March Madness. Mm-hmm. It's one that is a mouthful, especially if you're going for the correct, I guess, g- the correct credits mm-hmm. for this. So it's. Francis Ford Coppola's Bram Stoker's Dracula. There it is. Listen to them children of the night. Blah. And let me ask you this. Yes. Can we break out the beaded curtain for that movie? It's sleazy. It's sleazy. There's a whole scene of a werewolf just railing somebody. It's sleazy. It's fucking rad, though. Don't get me wrong. And I'll tell you what. Fucking scared the piss out of me when I saw in the theater when... um, he turns into all those rats and scurries away. Yep. Fuck all that noise. Fuck all that noise. There's a lot of deal breakers in this movie. Some deal sealers, but some deal breakers. I was going to say, I'm sure Lucy and Mina deal sealers across the board. Fucking, as, as we found out in The Wicker Man, every good Dracula needs his brides. <laughs> so needless to say, I think Genius is going to have a good time. Oh, I'm going to get one. rough and stuff with my Afro puffs. I'm going to rock on with my bad self. It's going to be rad. 
Now, the other repertory screenings that are happening on the weekend of the 18th, as we mentioned, we are in November here at Screenland. And one of the films we're going to be taking in is an early film from one of the masters uh, taken in Stanley Kubrick's The Killing. Yeah, I've seen that. It's an I've seen that for me as well. However, it does feature one Sterling Hayden, Hayden, which I've always known as the chairman of the board from nine to five at the very end when that Colonel Sanders looking dude shows up at the very end and you get Roz coming back. She's like, holy merd. It's, it fits in perfectly. And he's also the guy in The Long Goodbye where Henry, uh, Henry Silva slaps the... Sh- no, not Henry Silva. Um, oh, my God. The Illinois Nazi... Uh, oh, Henry Gibson. Henry Gibson slaps the shit out of him. That's not the first time we'll be talking a Henry Gibson movie later on. No, it will not. Indeed. <laughs> now, then, also playing that weekend will be featuring early Denzel. Early Denzel. Early Don Cheadle. Mm-hmm. And was one of those that, back in my far more video days, was always being rented. Don Cheadle, not Tiger Woods? Not Tiger Woods. <laughs> going back to Always Sunny. Uh, Devil in a Blue Dress. The movie's dope. Have you seen that? Yes, I have. That's a, that's a sh- Showtime. Okay. I haven't seen it since the Showtime days, but that movie was dope. It's an I've seen that for me, and it's one I will probably be checking out. But one that's playing that weekend that we both love... I believe our guests actually love this one well. And if you don't, I don't know if there's a word for it, but du jour means see Josie and the Pussycats. Fucking with long tails and ears for hats. The movie is slick. One of the more underrated comedies yes, of the odds. Uh, definitely, I think, deserves a second chance. That, like Drop Dead Gorgeous, a number of those films that came out that I don't think has the, already, uh, the audience it deserves. Like Bring It On? <laughs> Wow, are we going to go all in mm-hmm. on our uh, Bring It On uh, references tonight? Love it. Love, love it, it, love it. Love it. <laughs> well, that, of course, oh, also then playing that weekend, newly released one I know you and I are looking forward to, The Menu. Yes, I want to see that. Hell's Kitchen, the movie. <laughs> that looks slick. It does look quite good. It's got all my favorite character actors. Jean Luc Guizemo's on a tear recently between this and that new uh, David Harbour Santa Claus movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good for him. I know. He's Plus, it's got Anna Taylor-Joy. Love me some Anna Taylor-Joy. Always going to be seeking that out. Because it's deliciously. <laughs> and whether you're living deliciously in the Kansas City area or not, there are a couple of ways that you can actually support Screenland. Uh, you can head over to ScreenlandOnline.com, where you can rent a number of films from them directly. Or even better, become a member of their film family by going to Patreon.com Screenland, or amongst their many perks, Genius and I offer up our services with a little watch party called The Home Game. Well, I was going to call it the Shutter Shoutout. Oh, yeah, which, yeah, the Shutter Shoutout. Which is? Which is The Home Game. <laughs> and our next Shutter Shoutout is going to be happening on uh, Saturday, November 26th, of which we are giving thanks to our film family member, Chad, who bestowed upon us The Beaded Curtain. So we are going to be taking in a double feature worthy of a beaded curtain, we're going to be taking in both torso and pieces. Mm-hmm. For added effect, if you want the 40th Street effect, right on your floor, pour some soda, throw some popcorn on it, get real sticky, throw some beaded curtains on there, turn the lights real low, put a weird smell in there, invite mm. a stranger you don't notice it right behind you, and then you will have the 42nd Street experience. It's going to be wonderful. I, I'm not going to sign up for that one. Unfortunately, <laughs> that's just giving, making my anxiety kick in now both of those films are streaming on shutter 
But by joining the film family, you're going to have access to some movie watch party stuff that Genius and I put together. We like to think if you can't make it out for Friday Night Frights. We bring Friday Night Frights to you. And it includes a customized uh, pre-show video introduction. Genius and I give you some context and facts about the films. Customized vintage trailer reels for each movie. And of course, post-film discussion mm-hmm. where we have to process what we take in. And if it's going to be your first time, it's exactly what you think it is. You do not have to go to Texas for to a chainsaw, chainsaw Massacre. massacre. <laughs> oh, it's smoking pot on a, and having sex on a waterbed approved. It is the best thing you can achieve. <laughs> now, if that sounds like something you're interested in, you can get access to that and so much more by heading over to patreon.com slash screenland. But genius, we're talking Patreon and film family. The bellies. And we also have our own little freaky film family forming at Patreon. And in fact, the week that this episode releases, depending on your tier, uh, you'll have access to a commentary track that we just unleashed in which, <laughs> yeah, go ahead and laugh. because they, they It went all over the place. That, it went all over the place. I'd like to think we covered a lot of material yes. on our Wicker Man commentary. Uh-huh. We gave a lot of love to Nicolas Cage. Lots of love. A lot of love to uh, Ellen Burstyn. Biona Apple. Biona Apple, indeed. And a lot of love to the original. Mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Come on over. It's, I'm telling you, every every minute I watch that, I'm like, why are we not singing and dancing and being mirthful? I know. Fuck. In fairness, every movie I'm not like, why aren't we singing and dancing and being mirthful? That's fair. That's sitting there weird. with a big old jar of foreskins, just chowing down. <laughs> so keep in mind, regardless of your tier, you will have access to our Shutter shoutouts. Uh, that's going to be from the uh, Squidly Diddly tier to the Another Place. But more importantly, if you are on the Another Time or Another Place tier, you will have access to said commentary. So head on over to patreon.com slash nightmarejunkhead where man, we've got a lot of good stuff. Plenty. <laughs> for you to peruse through. So as it turns out, genius, we are one episode in to our pilgrimage Ooh, into full core. Proper choices of words. Yeah, very proper. And I realize, I think we'd be safer if we went into the woods, a little further mm-hmm. into the woods, with some folk to help fortify us. Right. I think the more people the better. Yes. Ideally. Absolutely. Especially when you're in the fucking woods. <laughs> of which you would never find yourself in, fuck right? no. Fuck no. So that means if we're going to go in there, we need some familiars with us. Mm-hmm. Some people that know us pretty well, that we know pretty well, and in fact, what's kind of great is both of our guests have been on the show individually several times throughout the years at this point, but this is the time now that they are together they're combined they're collaborated they're mm-hmm. coalescing voltroning it and every other thursday you can hear them discuss the latest in new horror news new horror trailers and getting their thoughts on a new horror review please welcome to nightmare junkhead from the carnage report podcast julie holland and nick spacek hello hi Hello. You get, hello. Come on now. I need something more boisterous than that. You guys are like your family now. Give me a good hello, say. Hello. hello. <laughs> I will drink to that. I will drink to that. <laughs> Sincerely, thank you both yes. for coming on and joining us here. Um, 
this is like when we knew we were putting together full core, this and that, I wanted to kind of reach out to a few people and I realized it's like, oh, freaking Julie and Nick, they just started the new show that I'm really digging, got to get them on here. So that being said, please tell our listeners, where can they all follow you all on the social media, assuming the social medias are still existing by the time this episode comes out? <laughs> <laughs> Nick, do you want to go? Sure. You can find the Carnage Report uh, on Instagram and Twitter at Report Carnage, and it drops uh, into most streaming services every other Thursday. Um, and you can find all of those episodes also at Cinepunks.com, which is C-I-N-E-P-U-N-X. Mm-hmm. And it should be noted, you all are part of the Cinepunks podcast network, of which I actually take in a number of their shows including The Carnage Report, The Horror Business, and Cinepunks. But what's wonderful is... so many good shows. There are so many good shows. So first and foremost, man, congratulations on the show. And I remember initially when you were... I think you even put it out on, on the social medias, Julie. You said something along the lines of, you know what? My normal show I listen to for like new stuff really hasn't been... They've had life going on. And again, listen, love modern horrors. Had those guys mm-hmm. on the show before. But you're like, oh, I don't know. And then all of a sudden, next thing I know, all of a sudden, you and Nick started talking. And I'm like, oh, <gasps> and then all of a sudden, I'm like, wait, they've got a podcast coming. So how did it actually all start? How did the Carnage Report find itself existing? I mean, you really just summed it up. I was bitching on Twitter about how I couldn't find a new horror podcast that I liked. I tried some. I won't go into the ones I tried and didn't <laughs> click with. But I just couldn't find any that I liked. And someone was like, why don't you do one? And I was like, well, I don't, I don't have the skills and I need a co-host. And Nick was like, how about me? I think he used a GIF. And uh, I was <laughs> like, yeah, let's do that. And then we did. That was, I mean, Twitter, it's a magical place. It's a shame. <laughs> it's being destroyed. Yeah, it's like as simple as that. It was literally she was like, well, I, I need somebody with technical know-how. And I was like, I can do that. And uh, so I think it was I think it was a scream. Hello, Sydney. Uh, <laughs> which is yes, saying, yeah. saying that out loud makes it sound really creepy. Um, Important to note that Nick and I have known each other in real life for a very long time, although we've not been like close friends. We've been at, at minimum friendly acquaintances for probably close to 20 years. So. It's not like our only interaction was a, a scream gift. Some random stranger, I want to talk to you about scary shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, not so random, but definitely strange. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then we just, it's just been a matter of refining it as we go along and mm-hmm. finding things that work and music and trying to figure out how we can make it to a movie theater before some stuff. Yeah, yeah that's tricky. Well, Fortunately, I, there's always so much new streaming stuff that that helps. Well, and that's just it. It's keeping your finger on the pulse of new horror, of which it can be overwhelming, I know, just in terms of the amount of news, trailers, and all the stuff that's out there as it is. So what is something? what is something that you can really without going too big into it, like heap a lot of praise that you've seen so far in this year since we are coming close to the end of the year. And what is something that both is on your radar that should be on our radar that's coming up? Oh my gosh, this has been such a good year for horror. Like, unbelievably good year. I mean, Barbarian was amazing. And that's just, the you know, that's recent. Like, 
to put together the whole year. I don't know. I would say, like, for for the show, the thing, like, because we've randomly just, like, picked things, like, based on a trailer and been like, let's agree to do this now. And then, you know, in two weeks when we record, like, <laughs> who knows what'll happen. But uh, I, I, I can't speak for Julie, but for myself, my, my favorite discovery this year was Crabs with uh, oh, an yes. exclamation point. Crabs. That was legitimately... The movie that I went into, like, just like, well, it'll at least be fun if it isn't good. Mm-hmm. We can make fun of it. No, like Pierce Barrelsheimer's Crabs, Crabs um, is, oh, man, like, I think it's the most fun. And it's finally coming out on Blu-ray. And I'm wondering I, if he will follow through on his promise to send us a send us a copy. Right. Well, I didn't wait. I already bought it. And it does, in fact, come with the soundtrack CD oh, as well. As Crabs! As Crabs! Because the soundtrack was so good. Fucking Radu's the shit. He's uh, so yep. good. When he, oh, I love when he goes, Oh, you are Neptune's biggest fuck up. When Neptune looks at you, he wake up in the morning and go, Oh, I fuck up! <laughs> Great is his delivery, his lines, and the fact that it's like a lot of practical shit. And it mm-hmm. fucking kaiju crab you don't see that a lot yeah Yeah, it's a movie that just it knows exactly what it is (laughs) and it's having fun with it and so you're having fun with it too and it's but it's like Ernest, you know it's not it's not making fun of it it's having fun with it Mm -hmm. now what's something upcoming or a trailer that you've seen or that's on your radar that like we should also like oh well you know i think we both I, I don't want. I shouldn't speak for Nick, but we both recently saw a Wounded Fawn, Ooh. and that's it's a wild mm-hmm. ride. It's a wild ride. Uh, it's coming to Shutter, I think December first. So that's something worth keeping an eye out for. Is that it's the new Travis Stevens? Travis Stevens. Okay, yes. Mm-hmm. I Jacob's wife stars Josh Rubin on the third floor. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, yes. cool. Yes. Yeah. I, and it's I, not like any of that. It's not at all like anything else that i've seen of his Mm. and i think i've seen most of his work but yeah it's totally different having already gotten to see the menu i cannot wait for more people to see it so i can talk about it with folks because (laughs) Mm -hmm. there's a lot going on and that is uh, again one of those trailers where you think it shows you everything (laughs) nope nope the the more the it's it's an absolute blast I'm so excited then. Yeah, because okay, all right. I had some assumptions. And honestly, this has been a year where my assumptions on the trailers have been totally subverted yeah. based on mm-hmm. the movies themselves from Barbarian, Smile. Nope. Yeah, and they've been wonderful subversions. Nope. And like you said, this has been a banner freaking year for new horror. I started looking at because we'll do an eventual like year end you know best of and I was like oh my god there's like, a lot of good stuff came out this year I've seen a lot of yeah. good new horror films it's just been just a it's been so nice where I think we're getting a little spoiled in a way yeah it's like everybody spent their COVID lockdown just frantically writing and then plucking out the good ideas and making them which and I'm always and I even heard on the movie crypt they're always like waiting for that first wave of the of the kind of the real COVID films. That are actually addressing some of that, but did you ever? Did you watch? Um, oh no, I can't remember the name of it. It's got Pat Healy. It's when they were all stuck in the bathroom. 
if you saw that it one, it was at Panic Fest. It was at Panic Fest. It play it played like. And I probably saw it, but I it was remember. it was one of those. I and I just watched it recently, but it's like. I, they couldn't have known how perfect of a COVID movie it was, but it was just these people going into a bathroom because a storm was going through. Something happens where they're stuck in there longer than they initially planned on, and then just the family rips itself apart. And it's incredible. It, it's Pat Healy, so you know you're gonna watch something mm-hmm. with Pat Healy in it, of course. Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, we've it's, we, we've covered like two movies that were like revealer and glorious, are both you know very much like COVID movies with you know like mm-hmm. two. Or- in one location and um when they're done right they're great when they're not they're a little boring yeah yeah the nuance kind of goes out of the window with some of those well i'm excited to know that the menu is definitely one Me that too. should be our taste because i i assumed eh. it's probably i look like man is the the most dangerous game which <laughs> always down for but apparently just keep watching just keep watching yeah, I hope I can get to the theater this weekend because that's one I definitely want to see before I hear too much about. Yeah. And and that's just it. I've been <clears throat> thankfully not spoiled on a lot of things because of the interwebs oh, and social yeah. media. Although sometimes you can't help it. You're like, oh man, fuck. Like <laughs> I, I know that Halloween <laughs> Halloween ends was spoiled for me. Was it? Yeah. A lot. A, a lot. lot. Well, we were one of the few people that actually enjoyed that movie, so technically yeah. they probably say it's worth it. Yeah. We're, we're monsters. <laughs> I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it. It's and it's just I what I like more than anything is it's got different. people talking. Yeah. It's different. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't necessarily There's a lot to talk about in that movie. Yeah. There I think what, that's the longest movie like discussion we've had on any episode. Like most of the episode as opposed to being news was actually talking about Halloween ends. And yeah. I'll tell you what, I know at this point next October we'll be doing that for our commentary in October. So if you all want in on that, because we'll always take in the people that love the movies, because it makes <laughs> talking about the movies for an hour and, you know, 45 minutes. So that's a little bit easier. easier. Yeah. 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 You want somebody trashing it for the whole time. It's <laughs> sitting in the back. Fuck this. <laughs> Fuck <laughs> Corey. Right. That's I... when we do our midsummer commentary <laughs> i was gonna say yeah if ever that comes up is either as a main feed episode or something on patreon you know something's up mm-hmm, right something is off <laughs> or it's even worse like oh that movie was wonderful i find ari astro genius <laughs> yeah that's how we know genius has been kidnapped and yep. is being forced to say things or Drinking has been a big old thing of milk you know it's like wait a minute something is off here there's just not playing why right. this milkshake is delicious i can see why it would bring boys to the yard and just like <laughs> <laughs> so i'm and you know we're a few episodes in on the carnage report i don't think you have you all delved into full core at all i don't That's think that we have have we uh i mean i think the 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 northman could be seen as full core adjacent yeah, yeah. i think it's probably more just like sword and sorcery than anything mm-hmm yeah, I was I was very upset with the uh, we didn't really get any dong in that one actually right and it's Eggers yeah and I, it's Skarsgård and Defoe I assume and it kind of had that vibe like it could happen at any moment any yes. moment right my hand was in the air the entire time I'm watching <laughs> a wait wait oh no wait wait oh no damn it although I did just recently watch To Live and Die in L A for the first time you get the dong dong in this one but guess what folks. <laughs> Big spoiler, it's not Defoe. I was shocked. 
<laughs> like of all the people in the movie that were gonna hang dong, it's well, not Defoe. Apparently, because they don't have a wide enough lens, I guess maybe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, it's kind of it is known, <laughs> right? <laughs> so I want to throw it out to you, Nick and Julie. What is your background with folk horror? Is this a genre that you enjoy? Is this a genre that you've seen a lot of movies in, or is this one of those that you're filling in your you know your gaps with it? Um, I would say that. I'm filling in my gaps. Like, I don't, I don't think I have a deep folk horror knowledge. But every time I see folk horror, I tend to like it. I like right off the bat, it tends to be my jam. So, I like it. I'm still catching up. Obviously, this was a first time watch for me. So, there's still plenty of first time watches out there for me. Every time I go through like lists of folk horror, like watching um, uh, Woodlands dark and days bewitched like i was mm-hmm. like oh i've seen that i've seen that i've seen that and then i'm just like <laughs> i've never even heard of that um although strangely i guess um i've read a lot of folk horror um just for as i've gotten into like older stuff so there's like people like algernon blackwood and uh arthur mackin and stuff and like i've like oh i've read a lot of folk horror but probably probably more than i've actually scene i was trying to make a list of everything i could think of and it didn't get very long <laughs> what you mentioned was that the uh the documentary that was streaming on shutter yeah the cure mm-hmm. la janice doc yeah i've heard good it's things about long. it is yeah it's, it's, it's long but it's really really good oh that's i i'm good with those long documentaries man i mean god help me i've watched you know crystal lake memories four times over the entirety same thing with like you know the, the Nightmare on Elm Street one. So yeah. four hours, that's easy. Pete. Right. Were you familiar with that one at all, Genius? No. And, you know, I really honestly, I never even seeked out full core before. Well, of you course know? not. I mean, like. It's all wooden stuff. Man. Right. Come on it's now. all like, you know, like a oh, oh, scary pilgrim shit, you know, especially as I was like younger, like tw- teenage 20s genius. Oh, I just want to see guts and gore and shit. I don't even know about fucking pilgrims and witches and ghosts and shit fuck all them i'm glad it's not me right but now going back in it and here's the thing this whole journey into folk horror i would assume that it's going to be more scarier than it is because you are dealing with supernatural shit in the woods and don't get me wrong there's some things out there that i don't want to fuck with and that would be scary but so far everything's been like whimsical and magical and like fucking like fun and frivolity you know and i don't know if that says a lot about me you know but at the same time the whole eyes of fire i'm like yeah you done fucked up you're on their land you read the signs you should have been there right so last week we talked about reading the room with the cop with the town is it the same kind of feel pretty much habitual line steppers are going to habitually line step (laughs) so i guess that's the class then maybe that's the essence of folk court maybe it's not like religion maybe it's not like the the normies maybe it's not even pilgrim shit maybe it's like fucking don't go in the woods it's scary read the room well let me throw this out to you nick and julie if i say full core you know what springs to mind not even so much movies but like imagery aesthetics what brings to mind when we say full core for y'all i feel like most full core reminds me of uh, a folk horror movie should feel like you are taking a walk through the woods after microdosing and like smoking like half a bowl. <laughs> <laughs> Which 
appropriate. Get, hey, getting I, back to nature. It, Listen, you know, you, you, you talk about what you know. Um, <laughs> I mean, but no, like legitimately, like just creepy shit in the woods. Um, nature, um, very pastoral or um, agricultural. I don't mm-hmm. know. Like, I feel like even like if you if you see it you know it and i was thinking like the idea like children of the corn like butts right up against like what folk horror could be and it's like a venn diagram exactly exactly you've got some overlap folk horror adjacent material but it that just shows you how deep it can actually go and hell you've got an entire franchise then built around folk horror with the children of the corn which i've only watched the first one i haven't delved into any of the sequels so i can't but if they go into like I think four is urban harvest where they go to the city, so would then that not be ur- uh, folk horror? It'd be I guess like um, hipster folk horror since we're going into the city, city folk horror. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that would make sense. Now weird I'm... religions, like every well, folk I mean... horror movie, like at its heart has like weird religious pagan shit. Or it, I mean, <clears throat> if folk horror, because to me folk horror is like stories passed down, kind of like oral history but in a movie so because a lot of the folk horror that i find myself watching are things like satan slaves things it's like indonesian folk horror you know so it's different so you know by that rationale you could almost think of something like Candyman is a little bit folk horror it's urban but it's a story passed down does it kind of count probably not to most people but you know if you think of it as a story passed down or as a you know but i definitely think when you just hear the words folk horror you think of like being in the woods in the seventies, <laughs> or like the seventeen seventies, yeah, yeah, back in time again, like pilgrim shit. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Because like, I mean, because if you think about it, maybe theoretically Blair Witch could be considered folk horror, yeah, found folk horror. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so I guess there's whole, and some might have the religious aspect, and some might have more of the sexual aspect. But I definitely think a religion versus another religion is always going to be particularly into play more naturalistic religion versus like good versus evil i think there's more cognitive dissonance going on with the characters because the idea is you're bringing in something that actually kind of supersedes your established belief system and it's Mm -hmm. like oh something else exists and it's working for them and and it's this idea of like things can coexist but at least in the two films that we've watched for this this series, man, I'm not saying it's an indictment on Christianity or just, you know, white people, but good Lord. But it's an indictment on Christianity and white people. Read the room, people. Read exactly. the room. We're the problem. It, yep. it, and let me tell you, Nick and myself, we're big time problems because, you know, we're <laughs> older, we're, we're white, we're, we got beards. Please. You get rid of us. White women aren't off the hook. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and uh, you know I'm part of the problem too. So, (laughs) but it's like, uh, like, like I, I, even like new folk horror stuff, like Midsummer. Sorry, genius. Um, (laughs) but also like the the witch, the apostle. I'm sorry, apostle, not the apostle. Um, or like the ritual. Like even Mm -hmm. when you put it in like modern day settings, it's where yeah two contradictory belief systems butt up against each other and usually the the one belief system that's getting challenged tends to lose yeah kind of living a folk horror in that way right now 
Yeah, we kind of are. We kind of are with like the whole almost going back to Wicker Man. Like, oh, you have to be doing this and you have to be doing that, and everybody else is like, yeah, no, no, we can do this and let's let's be free. Mm -hmm. It's weird. We are living in a weird modern day folk horror. It's have you ever considered just like dancing around a maypole? Oh, I used to do it's that all the time at Renfest. It's honestly worth a shot. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. And in fairness, there's a couple of people I wouldn't mind sacrificing if that means I got a good crop. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Shit. Plus, come on over. I'm down. I'm down. I am telling you, and you, and I don't think it went through in the episode last week, but to watch <coughs> him watch the Wicker Man for the first time and just him going, yeah. That makes sense. Like I said, it's a 90-minute recruitment video for one Genius <laughs> McGee. So then to watch you then transition into Eyes of Fire, and occasionally you're like, well, okay. Yeah, and then most that. of the time, fuck all that noise. What the fuck are you doing? Why? So but I again, it was mirth and, more mirth and merriment. And I don't know if that's from my own personal bias, but there was a couple of things like, okay, that's creepy and that's scary, but I'm like, I, I'd like to cut of that witch's jib. It's the baggage you bring. <laughs> the baggage you bring. And you're supposed to pack light when you go out to the woods. But in this case, Eyes of Fire was a film that I remember. I can tell you, I can take you to the exact spot that both Genius and I were when we were, became aware of the existence of it because we were watching. It was the 80s Horathon trailer trauma compilation that a Garage House Pictures puts out. And I know, Nick, you're a huge fan of them. Uh, they're just phenomenal trailer compilations. But we're in the year of 1983. And we're watching this really weird folk horror looking movie that has some familiar looking faces and has some weird stuff going on. And by the end of it, we're like, what the hell is Eyes of Fire? Right. What the hell's a blue monkey? Which we'll eventually get to. <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> but that compilation opened us up to a number of films that we had never been introduced to before. So my question to you all, were you aware of Eyes of Fire before we brought that up for you? If I was, it was only vaguely. I mean, I was aware of it. Like, I had seen that trailer and, like, you guys... Like, I wasn't that, like, into it, but I was just like, that is weird. I have <laughs> never heard of that. And then when they put out that All Our ha Haunts Be Ours box set that had all of those folk horror movies with the 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 Kirla, G Kirla Janice... Stop saying that. <laughs> Big Smash Kirla on in on socials. It's easier to say, but like uh, that was the that was one of the few that like there's like 20 movies in that Blu-ray set, and that that's like one of the only ones they put out by itself because so many people wanted it. And I was like, okay, well, evidently I this is a hole, and I need to figure out how to fill it in my viewing list. And thank you, Shutter. Yeah, and that's just it. Thank you, Shut. I know Severin also put out a Blu-ray of it as well. So there are multiple ways that you can definitely seek this one out, and I highly recommend it because I know when I watched it the first time, and listen, we love us some freaking brevity on the show. So anytime you give me a movie that's under 90 minutes, I'm mm -hmm. in. But then when you hit all these various things, just in terms of what I'm looking for and going, well, shit, this is kind of Stephen King approved, first mm -hmm. and foremost. Okay, that's great. Dong, yeah. You know, we get technically ghost dong in this case, which I, you know, I'll leave it to the audience whether or not that con constitutes actual dong. Oh yeah. <laughs> but it then counts. also, it's a creepy, weird movie. There are multiple moments throughout. When I remember the first time watching, I remember watch watching it with you, watching you watch it. You're like, wait, is that a 
Is that a face in the tree? What the hell? What the hell? Having those reactions. It was freaky. So that being said, now that we've all taken it in for the first time, Julie, Nick, what are your thoughts on Eyes of Fire? Okay, I'm just going to go off it. The, holy shit, the, the faces in the trees. Like, I watched mm-hmm. that movie at, like, 8 o'clock on, like, a Wednesday or Thursday morning on one of my days off. Because I was just like, well, I'm up. Let's watch this. And um, maybe not the best thing to watch first thing <laughs> in the day. <laughs> It'll set a real weird tone for everything. <laughs> yeah, man, it was a wild ride. Like, it started off really oddly horny. And then got really unhorny real fast. <laughs> it was just weird and witchy and woodsy. Yeah. Ooh. That's the three W's. Right, yeah. right. It was a horny movie because, like, it starts off with, well, well, he was banging this guy. He was banging my mama, the preacher, and with another sister, and they're all living living in sin- sinners. Right? I mean, the amount of time that poor girl Fanny had to watch her mom just like heavily make out with the priest, like, oh my god! And the priest himself, I couldn't tell. He looked like this, like Cronenberg combination of Kyle McLaughlin, mm-hmm. and you said. <laughs> Matthew Perry, yeah, or Fop yeah. Matthew Perry. If, if he was Fop Matthew Perry, right, <laughs> and he Cronenberged, mm-hmm, which technically that's kind of you know I can see how that could be you know interested to someone there. Mm-hmm. But you are absolutely correct, and, and this is what I love with both The Wicker Man and Eyes of Fire, and I think probably with a lot of Eyes of Horror, Eyes uh, Folk Horror, is the fact that you have you're basically taking on these assumptions of morality and calling them into question um and that's along with the mores of the time and i really like that and it's this whole idea of yes there is more out there than just christianity there's more out there than just that stuff that we have been kind of bottle fed for so long it's like a reverse morality tale certainly where instead of like oh don't have sex don't do drugs or you'll still get killed no have sex and have drugs or else you'll get killed so <laughs> maybe that's why you're also kind of maybe leaning. that's why I'm like these movies ain't scary these movies are fucking the shit I need to go more into because <laughs> I think like with the majority of my folklore diet's been mid somar I think like I missed out you know when the appetizer's shite you might miss the rest of the main meal you know well it's one the- of those oh go ahead oh no I was just thinking like along those lines like the idea of like you know like the you you need to do the drugs and you need to screw and you need to do all that to make it work. Like the crazy thing about this is this movie like switches tones like twice because it starts out like you think it's going to be about this cult that moves to the woods, you know, like this crazy preacher and, you know, then they're going to like do something to the, the town. And it turns out that there's something that like usurps even them in the middle of that valley and so it's like not quite like inception folk horror, but it's yeah. the the challengers get challenged even harder, and then then it flips back, and it's and it's a it's a wraparound frame tale. There is there is a lot going on in the ninety minutes of this movie, yes. and mm-hmm. it's 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 a little hard to keep up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
Well, and apparently there is a longer cut out there that has 30 minutes added to it, which does make sense just in terms of kind of filling in those gaps. Because the one thing that I, I legitimately love this film, I like it a lot. This is my second time watching it, really dug it. But watching it the second time, I definitely came into like the weird edits of the movie where we just fade away into a new scene, which seems mm-hmm. a little lazy to me. But now knowing that a lot was cut out of it, that does make sense in terms of them trying to piecemeal it together. And Nick, like you said, it does make sense then that it's just, it's weird. It, it seems a little interconnected occasionally. Like, what is the actual narrative flow? But then realizing a lot was actually cut out, yeah, that makes more sense to me. But you're 100% right when how it does flip the script because you do think that it is going to be a that they're a weird cult because first of all he's a weird preacher mm-hmm. about to be hung for adultery mm-hmm. and witchcraft second of all we find out the sister trippy longstocking back there she's got magical powers and she can like do crazy shit right and so you're like okay so they're gonna run this town but it, it kind of also made me question things when he's like oh there's no such thing as magic i'm like your sister's fucking magical you know like how did you not know that she's the one that it's not it's not like the will of the Lord. It's fucking your your witch <laughs> sister, you know? And so I, I but then another great thing that we realize some of the character actors and familiar faces, because the next thing we see is the dad who played, I guess, Calvin. He was the first to die, which was a scary anytime the, a little girl says something about somebody dying. It's always the creepiest fucking thing, right? Yeah. But that guy, he was the grandpa from Silent Night, Deadly Night, the first one, where he's like, <laughs> you know what today is, Billy? It's Christmas Eve. Run for your life. I was waiting for him to tell all the rest of the people on the raft. He's like, you know what today is? It's Thanksgiving. If you see the Native Americans, run for your life. Right? And then, like, he gets shot. And then they're like, oh, and then we just left him down the raft. And I'm like, god damn, this is like, Weekend float trip at Bernie's. This is fucked yeah. up. I'm like, can how can they be any more? Yeah, I'm like, okay, these are going to be an evil cult. This is going to be the one that brings everybody. This is. I was thinking this is going to be Poltergeist Two Origins, right? This is like yeah. God is in His temple, right? I was thinking he was going to get all that shit going on, but no. Next thing we see is we see the chicken tree with all the feathers, and that should be your warning. Well, <laughs> and as we find out, it was a warning from the native people that lived there. They're like, it's like almost like what is that website? It's like where locals eat or where locals go. <laughs> it's kind of the antithesis of that. It's like, no, you should not go to that restaurant. You need to avoid that part of town. But even if it wasn't not a, an old Native American warning, if you're walking through the forest and through the forest there's just one tree. That's just covered in fucking feathers naturally, and there's not a whole shitload of dead birds around there. You got to start questioning: Should I be going that way? You know what also, I'm saying? What you shouldn't do is make snow angels in it because <laughs> birds are filthy. Yeah, yeah, those but, don't look like cleaned down out of a, a ripped open blanket. That looks like fucking plucked chicken but, feathers. Look but, like Don Pardue went crazy. But when you're Leah, Queen of the Fairies. That's what you do. And you she embraced it. And actually, that character was one of my favorite ones just because of how attuned mm-hmm. she was to everything. She was the nonverbal person. And you can see the future. She, she had the shin. She did have the shin in. And it worked for me. In fact, from, as you said, what eating mud pies, where she's just taking in the soil, which 
I assume you do if you're one with nature, uh, to the fact that, you know, she's skinny dipping and the little thing, and she just, she is having fun. She's just one. She doesn't seem to under... I like no, that. She, but she does understand well, that then there's she knows still the shit. She's like, yeah. hey, there's some bad shit going around. But she's the only mm-hmm. one that actually has the power and know how to do something. Fucking Fop Fox back there is like going around, oh, God will take care of it. Meanwhile, he slowly disintegrates into just filth. Do you notice when they come back later how filthy they were? That's another reason. Yeah. Fuck all going back in time and shit. <clears throat> well, and you, all, we talked about the witch a little bit. You could see this as the witch before the witch. And I'm, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Robert Eggers was a fan of this movie because, again, you've got a puritan- puritanical family moving away from a larger town into the woods and witchery shenanigans happen. And with this one, even the stuff, it's kind of subtle and slow before everything starts to escalate. And it's the escalations that made me go, oh, snap, this is, we again, weird because you see things in this movie that you're like is that what i think it is and i think the variety of like weird filters that you get Mm -hmm. with the filmmaking that just add that level of weirdness i really Mm -hmm. dig that there's something to that and again it's all in camera it's all there's no ones and zeros going on here this is like old-fashioned in-camera trickery that I actually, I really dig that. And that's one of those things that to me almost makes it charming in mm-hmm. a way. I there is something about the idea of folk horror and like, I don't know what it is, but like that solarized, like negative version of things where they like mess with colors and everything. And it looks like the background to a Grateful Dead show. <laughs> like it's, it's like it seems to be in so many like folk horror movies like it i mean obviously the one i'm thinking of the most is like a field in england but uh i mean like that movie is about a bunch of soldiers who do eat a bunch of mushrooms during um you know the the war of the roses but like it's such a weird thing and i don't know why it's so prevalent unless it's just a very cheap effect that can make things look spooky and weird that could be I know, and I'm I'm all for it, especially if that's become something that you just do with folk horror. Again, you're going to have religion versus religion, assumptions, uh, morality, and. But going to this back to the special effects, which you're talking about, how it was on camera. There was a lot of very unique and cool imagery, and even when it was juxtaposed with the whole animation on the film, with some of that, it added it added to some of the charm. I wasn't expecting to see. A child blow up. <laughs> that was a wonderful special effect that gave me a go. And the fact that the child was actually the day man, uh, the night man the whole time. Because like whenever they showed her she came evil, she had like she's going for gasps. <sighs> right. Confound mm-hmm. your confound your troll pilgrim. Right. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> and just to just explode. And the qu- I would not accept a child gift. That's just you know it. what I'm saying. That like just that's it. not a gift. No, that's that's not a, a curse. Here, you have Babby. <laughs> no, no pass. Hard pass. Especially if you just find it. Yeah, huge red flag. Right. Yes, and especially and they, technically she was kind of gift wrapped in a way in terms of the way she was presented. Mm-hmm. Like it was legit. That unnerved me. And then from the get go, the Leah she knew like there's something bad with that kid because they held they even saw the ghosts of previous tenants there saying 
stay away from there. That's bad shit, you know? I mean, and that wasn't even uh, uh, the fairy queen, Trippy Longstocking. That was like the other people. That was yep. Franny. And even everybody saw the one character actor who got Pelton the Rock. Uh, I forgot her name, but she's been in she's a been million everything. movies and TV shows, right? Yeah. When she's dig- sister, yeah, sister. When yep. she's digging in the ground and she oh. digs up that guy's neck, God, that gave me a freak out. I was like, "What the fuck? Oh shit!" It was like the, a weird version of the Beverly Hillbillies intro, <laughs> Black Gold, because <laughs> up from the ground came a bumbling crude death. That is death and mo death, and it's unsettling and that's multiple moments throughout the film that are unsettling and it's the face in the trees her digging that up um did you all recognize rob paulson with the really <laughs> bad beard that he's rocking at the very end it's a bad beard <laughs> his name is robert paulson his name is robert paulson and for those of you that may not know you may not know the name you may not know the face but you definitely know the voice he is goddamn voice actor royalty he did yakko he did brain he has he was pinky yeah okay there it is there it is and <laughs> when i pointed that out to you you're like wait a second no and you had that moment we all have that moment where you're like wait a minute and i think it might be his only like on-screen credit because at that point i think mm-hmm. he went behind everything was like no thank you i'll just and it kind of threw me off because his death scene you know narf like that and just kind of like Gave me a giggle, threw me out of it. It it's still intense though, because anytime you get yeah. you know a a shrapnel to the neck, yeah, that was hardcore. That was hardcore. Hard and an arrow to the chest. Oh. That's that's how he died. Just he goes, everything is going to be a okay. Funk. And it reminded me of Kentucky Fried movie. If you're a Sagittarius, <laughs> expect the unexpected. Funk. <laughs> and so. <laughs> And it gave me a giggle. That okay. So we talked about the the witch's hollow, the whole like bubbly brook thing. It was very cool. It just reminded me of what a witch's tree would look like. But what did you guys think of the design of the witch herself? She was very trashy from Fraggle Rock. Mm-hmm. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. We both were like, dude, is that the trash heap's cousin? What is trash that? Trash heap has spoken. Now, that's my other question. How many people are going, what's a trash heap? I guarantee if we have younger listeners, they're like, you all old folk really need to get it back up on your porches. It's like, why we found a nice land here. Some pilgrims decided (laughs) to land on Plymouth Rock. We decided to land on Fraggle Rock. And so... (laughs) Down to Fraggle Rock. Fraggle Rock didn't land on us. We landed on Fraggle Rock. (laughs) So, no, yeah, she gave me a she gave me a huge trashy advisement. And when she came out of the pile of leaves, rah, I was like, ooh, it's scary. She was waiting those leaves. Her name must be Russell. And uh, (laughs) don't laugh. Don't wait for it. It only encourages them. I actually had to, like, shame him with that one because I was like, Russell. Oh, oh, God, genius. I will say that there is something to that initial scene when we see her kind of like sink into the ground. That was cool. And become one with it. Mm-hmm. Super unsettling. And it almost had like an Evil Dead Deadite look in terms of like the way the eyes were in the face. It reminded me of like when they were in the, the, the cellar and you just see her face coming up in the very first Evil Dead. It kind of had that mm-hmm. look to it. Which is appropriate, eighty-one to eighty-three. And I thought the tree fight was cool when she was in the tree and the other guy was in the tree and they're trying to drag him out. That's uh, you know what else it it made me think of. This is 
maybe a stretch, but this is what came to my mind, is in The Wizard of Oz, when Dorothy says to Glinda, you can't be a witch, you're beautiful. And Glinda says, only bad witches are ugly because the bad witch is ugly and Leah's the good witch and she's yeah. beautiful. Yeah, I, that's, that's true. Completely works. That complete works. And they're kind of, they've got, they go from Kansas to Oz in the little place mm-hmm. that they're at. But it's almost two different types of magic. You have English, uh, you have English witchcraft versus Irish fairies. So like they're both using two different good magic and bad magic and i thought that was cool you don't see a lot of like magic battles in horror in movies in general you know although like julie mentioned indonesian movies like there's a lot of witch battles if you watch like a lot of like indonesian movies like or like uh mystics in bali is like one that comes up a lot when you talk about folk horror especially like internationally and like that has like all kinds of witchcraft battle going on. Mm-hmm. And that's something I think we could use more of in horror is witchcraft yeah, battles. Absolutely. Like that's pretty badass. We need actually. more magic versus magic. Yeah. I, I hell I, yeah, cause not all magic's bad magic. No, no. Right. That's... And what stops a bad witch with magic? A good witch with magic, obviously. <laughs> like a... Oh boy. Yeah. Watch where it's you're... a good witch with the gun. You're a good witch <laughs> with the magic. Don't be careful. You know what? <laughs> Can I ask a question I'm very curious about? And this may just be the way that we watch movies in our house, but (laughs) seeing like when they first get to the, the Valley and everything, and they're being warned off by, by the, the, the natives, like the fact that the witch and the infestation didn't end up being like an evil native spirit, like made me very like, Okay. Like, yeah. thank God. Okay, good. We're just, it's just another weird white person. Yeah. It's just an entity. Or maybe it's hard to tell if she was white or not with all the. Yeah. But yeah. like, it's, it's not, it's not like a native curse. Yeah. Right. Right. It's just an evil spirit of the woods. It's, it's just evil woods. Bad yeah. Part of the land. You get that every now and again. Yeah. It's bad soil. The ground sour. It's sour. I, <laughs> I I like that. I like that. And then then yeah, that is true. I'm glad it wasn't like. Although it, it, if it was like, hey, careful in the woods, it's a Wendigo. All right, cool. You know, but like, it's. I'm glad that it wasn't a Native American curse and or a, and a pure evil spirit. You know. Well, and one thing I'm gonna throw out to you, Nick, is I've had a chance to come on to your show uh, from an inspired by, and we talked a little bit about the soundtrack to a little movie called Fright Night. Did any of you happen to catch and stay through the credits to see who actually did part of the score for this film? Oh, it's Brad Fidel. Damn right. Damn right. Terminator man amongst many other things. Fraternity Vacation. Can't forget about that Can't forget about Fraternity Vacation. (laughs) But that was such a Johnny Mnemonic. Classic. That's right. Oh, boy. Johnny Mnemonic. Uh I deleted some of the my my you know space in there for that one, uh, but it was a nice <laughs> surprise. And honestly, the the music itself actually plays well. It's a little synth heavy, and in fact, when we were watching on your TV, poor Genius had an issue with his sound bar, so we had to go just with like the TV speakers, and that deep little synth that plays throughout was shaking his television so <laughs> it's intense but yeah. that works and it's brad freaking fidel like this is just a year before he did the terminator 
and a year after, actually, just before dawn. Mm-hmm. No, wait, the same year, I think. So he's kind of in his in his heyday on that. And I I legit like the score to this. Did this the score work for you guys? It was creepy. Like it really mm-hmm. worked to like that low like frequency rumble. Yes. Meant like I I don't recall listening to it nearly as much as just like feeling creeped out for most of the movie like it's just it's it's unsettling even if it's not like memorable like which means i mean which is probably the most effective kind of score uh, that is really now mm-hmm. question also we start so the first time i watched this it was like right when i adopted charlie and it was an early instant we were down in the basement and she had like falling asleep on my lap and i'm like oh yay the new dog is asleep on my lap i don't want to move so i watched all the credits that's where i discovered brad fidel but then also discovered this is a locally shot movie well yeah, I, noticed, I noticed that on imdb that it's shot in blue springs yes mm-hmm. jackson Missouri. county parks department gets a shout out in the credits which exit i was like wait we had something this homegrown and folkish that was shot Oh, can I go to the feather tree? <laughs> <laughs> Do you really want to no. go to the feather tree? No. <laughs> no. But that, that's, to me, it's like one of those things that, oh, shit, I didn't realize that we could have, like, lay claim to this movie. Just because, you know, they always have those map horror maps where, like, a certain movie is representative of, a, you know, a, a state. So I'd like mm-hmm. to think we could throw Eyes of Fire in there. We mm-hmm. can throw the stylist in there. Critters. Critters, of course, Missouri, uh, Kansas. You're next. You're damn right. You're next. Missouri and Kansas, we got it going on when it comes to genre and horror, without a doubt. Yeah. But leads me to the because I've always wanted to kind of put together a stylist walking tour in my neighborhood because I've got <laughs> I've got the coffee shop like one street over. I've got my street, my my living room. I wonder if we could do like the Eyes of Fire hiking tour. No. Well, I know you would. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. But one I'm, could genius cannot yeah he would not he would no, not. i could but i ain't you know <laughs> that's where we can make a new short little short film of you know the the walking tour that goes bad mm-hmm. they'll be like no 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 yeah no kicking and screaming will drag me into the forest you know what i'm saying so especially after like witch russell and fucking all that now again summer isle summers i should say summers, summers isle i'm down with that but yeah, b- freaky forests in Blue Springs, Missouri. <laughs> Even today, I'm still gonna have to pass. Even if like, hey, we're yeah. going to Blue Springs. No, no, thank you. No, are there <laughs> any exploding kids? No. That that's another thing. They fucking hung a child upside down on a crucifix, and then ripped her face off. And it was that moment, the first time I watched it, that I had that holy shit Stephen King approved moment. But then, as we find out, again, just stay attuned to the trees. You can reverse it, which I thought was very interesting as well. Which is cool. I thought it was a cool mm-hmm. concept. Was that a cop out for anyone, or did it just add to the story for you? I thought it was fine. I liked it. I, I didn't think of it as a cop out. No. Yeah. I guess I'm just cruel that I wanted my kid to stay dead. <laughs> I was like so impressed. I, I'm like, no. I think it would have been more shocking if the kid would have stayed dead, especially if like not but 20 minutes later they show a kid exploding. So like, and yeah, she was the fighter of the day, man. But that's still <laughs> an exploding child, you know. I mean, I I always hold out that uh, whenever somebody is willing to you know do a, a you know vanilla twist in a movie, <laughs> that I'm just like, 
you know what? Like you have the like we're gonna kill a kid, and we're not gonna be like, oh, it, it was an accident. Like, no, we're gonna kill a kid. Like that's a like it. It makes a statement about where your movie's gonna go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no that's- holds a barred. I just watched the uh, the trailer for Christmas Bloody, Bloody Christmas. Christmas. They fucking kill a kid <laughs> in the trailer. In the trailer, so with an axe. Yes. So, they, so there's an audience out there for weirdos like ourselves because I know every single one of us. We cheer if a kid gets killed, usually, but we will boo and hiss if anything happens to an animal. Oh goddamn yeah! Oh yeah, goddamn yeah! Don't touch the kitties. I was very if happy. If I even see a cat in a movie, I'll worry about the cat for the Absolutely. Rest of the movie. At 100%. 100%. And I wasn't even like that until about six years ago. And now, whenever <laughs> there's a cat, and I'm like, nothing better happen to this. And nothing can make me turn on a movie quicker than like cat violence. Even if they never show the cat again, I'm like, well, what happened to that cat? Because it was outside and that didn't seem safe. Right. Yeah. No, like, I refuse to watch Lords of Chaos again. And like, oh, yeah. Man. Yeah, and I almost walked out of Death Games. Yeah, Death Death Games had that moment, and I, I don't know if you all have seen Death Games, but good freaking lord, it's an experience. But there's a moment in the movie with some cat trauma where we were in the theater, and Genius, dramatically, at the end of the cat trauma, stands up, walks out in a huff, and I was like, "Holy shit! Did he just walk out in a huff?" <laughs> He just walked out in a huff. <laughs> so needless to say, whenever animals are introduced, I'm always on, you know, on the thing. But when kids are in there and when kids are in play, I'm like, perfect. Cool. Let's let's do Especially this. Especially if they're either adorable or annoying. Like, okay, if they're adorable, maybe they should live. If they're annoying, those kids need to get off. Like that's my that was one of my main beefs of Babadook. Oh. <laughs> that kid needed to go. Speaking as someone who has raised children, uh, the like I know a lot of people who can't watch movies that have like trauma towards kids because they're just like, oh, I see my kid in that. And I was like, we are very different people, because whenever I see movies that have like kids who are just like screaming and everything, I'm like, you know, I kind of sympathize with the parents on this one. Like they're. The reason I don't watch Cujo is because the dog dies at the end. The reason I don't watch Cujo is because there's a part of me that knows I'm like, would I have kicked that kid out and used it as an excuse to run? And I can't, I can't answer definitively. Genius, we're finding your people here. Yeah, the and, don't monsters. Get me wrong. and don't get me wrong, not all kids, because like, 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 prime example, no spoilers, but Train to Busan, if anything would have happened to that kid, I would have fucking burnt the theater to the ground, <laughs> you know? But that being said, fucking when we were watching Good Son, and I was like, yeah, that Macaulay Culkin, he's pretty good. But the minute he started aiming at that cat, I'm like, that kid needs to go. He needs to die horrifically. Fucking somebody give him the wet bandits, please. Please. <laughs> so That's my wife. That, that That's how my wife watches most horror movies with me is within the first five minutes. If I've seen it before, she's like, do they die? Like. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, eventually. Good, because they're an asshole. <laughs> Again, the baggage there needs we to be all a bring. Website that, you know, they, we have Does the Dog Die that covers animals. Not... We should have Does the Asshole Die. So we just Does know. the Douche Die. Yeah. yeah. Dude, that works really well. DDTD. Spe- or or uh, you can D-T-D-D? be called DDDD if it was Does Dud Douche Die. Does Dud Douche Die. I like that as well. 
multiple ways of alliteration. I think mm. we've got something here. Uh, we're gonna copyright that. Don't don't do anything out there. <laughs> Trademark nightmare junkhead. <laughs> well, we're talking about animals. Can yes. I say real real quick my very favorite small thing in the movie? So we haven't talked much about Marion, the trapper, the actual husband of the woman who's yes. constantly lusty with the pastor or reverend or whatever. Mm-hmm. So he comes along and he ends up with part of the raft i guess and there's a chicken there's like a chicken in every scene up until a certain point so he's riding along with the chicken and then the next scene he's walking along on land eating a roasted chicken leg <laughs> cracked me up not only because there's no way he could have prepared the chicken leg to look like that while in the forest but <laughs> he was always eating animals because there was that whole fire scene where he was killing the squirrel and he was even saying well, you know, we all have to kill things to eat. In fact, I killed this squirrel, and this squirrel probably will kill this, and I'll kill that, and I'll kill all. I'll kill everything and eat them all. I'm like, God damn, Marion! I know that, and I like the fact that he came in and kind of diffused the situation by telling um, the Native Americans a joke, and then they're like, yeah. and then they just turned around and killed the white trappers. I'm like, okay, cool, <laughs> all, bro- all, all solved. Right. Must have been a damn good joke. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he was really the low-key hero. Like, he just, you know, he was just, like, chill about everything. Like, yeah, we shouldn't have come here, and now we are, so I guess we got to figure it out. Yeah. He's the one. Go on. Oh, he's the one who, like, had, like, his, like, shit together, like, just in general. Like, they get to those cabins, and you get the sense the preacher isn't doing any work, (laughs) getting things livable. And it's just, like, I think everything kind of fell on Marion and probably the women as well. Yeah. And Rob Paulson. And Rob Paulson. Well, that, there's multiple moments in the movie where you see everyone doing just backbreaking labor, and he's just looking all leisure, reading his books. Yeah, that's what you do. He's he he's got it figured out in many ways. I mean, for him, this is his little utopian society away from the native savages. And again, that might be another um, lambastic statement on. The church and the well and the well to do and like okay so you're just basically just feeding off the labor of everybody else while you sit there and read the books. Yep. Meanwhile, you, you literally can't mm-hmm. see the forest for the trees because <laughs> literally. like literally because like there's fucking the trees can see you though. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Uh-huh. And every bit of business, whether like the face was built into the tree, whether it was like superimposed via the the camera trickery. Every bit of that just worked and was freaky to the point it was almost like like with the Invisible Man where you're looking at every corner of the screen looking for something. Same thing when I was out in nature. I'm like, good. Like, I would be so freaked out to walk, to lean up against anything. Fuck yeah. I'd do that right now. It's, <laughs> it's just all those elements I thought worked really, really well. Question, is this a scary movie? bits of it like if i if i walked past the tree and it legit had a face on it that would scare me so that that's scary creepy yeah i wouldn't go so far as to say it's scary but like definitely the entire movie had me just kind of uh, very on edge like i was i definitely did not have any idea where this movie was headed yeah. That mm-hmm. I enjoy, especially with seasoned horror fans that, and again, and this we, is an old movie. That's just it. That's what's wonderful is the fact that we can still, you know, explore and find all these new films that can surprise us, uh, challenge our assumptions, 
And there's something that's so nice with that because, like, as you said, we still then have modern examples of folk horror that's out there. Was it Ben Wheatley that did? Um, mm-hmm. Okay, and the, the Fields one. Um, that's another large gap that I'm trying to fill in there. Um, actually, shit. Um, uh, Corin Hardy's The Hollow. That's a good movie. Oh, mm-hmm. that's that movie's another... rad. When he fucking gets that sickle or that scythe mm-hmm. and he lights it on fire and starts fucking up the fairies, the movie's. Oh, spoilers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, it's it's pretty good, and 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 I like the fact that you can end the movie with via Moses. Very much so. Anytime you can play that kind of trope. Where... But it did remind me of the when uh, Flanders is trying to make a movie and he goes, we're baby Moses. And they put he puts Rod and Todd in the basket and it, they slow gently down the river. Next thing you know, they're dragged into rapids. It just kind of gave me a little bit of a giggle. Like my whole like <laughs> monster vision came on, you know, so. And how often does that happen to you, one genius McGee? All the time. Where the Simpsons or It's Always Sunny invade? Especially with this movie because he's going for gasps the whole <laughs> time. The first time she sees, like, when she gets the shin when she meets the little girl, like, God, she's like, because <laughs> laughs are easy. From the, from the trailer when we were watching it, you immediately, you're like, I'm going for gasps. And you started giggling. And I lost him. I'm like, God damn it. This is going to happen in the movie. Guaranteed. <laughs> Thank God we thank God we only got the guy from like uh you know Silent Night Deadly Night and it wasn't you know Sagittarius yeah it wasn't freaking you know Buck Flower right or, right what's his bucket <laughs> Ian uh, McShane right or something <laughs> that could have thrown us way off so you're a witch there <laughs> stop just stop just stop other and final thoughts Julie and Nick your guys's uh, take on Eyes of Fire before we wrap things up here. I liked it. I thought it was a cool take on witches and folk horror and yeah, I thought it was good. I'm usually about 90% against movies that have narration uh, because um, that shit's lazy. Um, (laughs) But uh, yeah, no, I really enjoyed it. Like it is one of those where I uh, have definitely recommended it to like people I work with who are into weird movies because it's just like <laughs> oh you you've got Shutter right yeah you need to watch this you like you want to watch some a weird movie that you've never seen before this is this is one that it's you haven't had it spoiled for you at this point and again mm-hmm. because the fact that very few people I know were aware of it it's that nice older flick that is unspoiled by by no one because no one's seen it, and you can just take it in and enjoy it fresh. It's kind of phenomenal. Did we miss anything on your notes there, Genius? It, it wasn't quite the Streets of Fire sequel that I was expecting. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is another time. Another place, and they did go nowhere fast. So, <laughs> but no, I enjoyed it. So far in the world of folk horror, really? two for two, because, yeah, no, that's this movie was slick. I mean, again, it's weird. It's just that right amount of weird where it builds creepiness. Because if it's weird for weird's sake, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, that's weird, but it's fucking weird. But if it's weird enough or genuinely like, that's fucking weirdly disturbing. I think those are the kind of images that stick with you. I think every time I even think I see a face in the tree or like in the wood grain, I'm going to think about, like, holy shit, eyes of fire. You know, is Russell coming? You know, so like... 
I got to worry about that now. So I think I enjoyed it. Whenever it gives me something new to worry about. That's good. Yeah. Oh, God. Another yeah. way to live your life. <laughs> right. Like, don't go in that zone. Fucking don't go in that forest. There's fucking feathers on that tree. You know, so. <laughs> and, and it's in your backyard, my friend. Right. Blue Springs isn't that far away. Nope, nope, nope. So. Thank you sincerely, Julie and Nick, for coming and you know talking this one with us. Um, now that being said, what is the next episode going to be on? Have you guys figured out what you're going to be talking about? Oh we yes, ooh, uh, it will drop on actual Thanksgiving just because of the way the release schedule works, and so we decided to go with uh, Indigenous Horror, and we will be watching the. Uh, I believe it comes out on Shutter the day this episode comes out, and that is Slashback. Ooh, mm-hmm. I've heard good things about that. I'm that's one that Julia will end up on the. I've seen that feed, so eventually you'll hear my thoughts good, on that. Good. So that'll work on that <laughs> side. No, I'm good, 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 and I'm so glad that you guys were able to make this work. And honestly, every episode. It just starts feeling more and more cohesive. You all are finding your groove, which is awesome. Yay. And being there from the beginning has been nice. But I'm just, again, it's every other Thursday. And it's it's knowing you all. It's These are my friends that are getting together, talking horror. And that's the thing. Because you guys you know, are rad. And that's the thing. Well, like genius myself. Oh. It's always been an excuse to get together once a week, put off the, the crazy outdoors, you know, everything that's crazy that's happening there and just talk about stuff we love for an hour. Because honestly, it was mm-hmm. the shit getting together and just watching this movie together <laughs> too because <laughs> yeah. it's been a rough weekend. Yeah, very true, very true. Yeah. Which we do have a happy ending with the Genius McGee cat saga. The cat has been found. Davey he was found. Oh, thank safe goodness. and loving. So, yeah. But they're going to do it again too oh, eventually. Yeah. Oh, yeah. At least this time assholes. I won't be like, well, baby! Freaking cats out are assholes. Somebody. Yes, they are. Yeah. We, we let these little villain demons live in our house for yeah. free. They're, they're the little demon kids that, you know, are given to you. They're, you know? get, they're going for gasps. Yeah, they are going yeah. for gasps. <laughs> <laughs> so, again, we really appreciate you guys coming on here. Now, that being said, next week we're kind of closing out mm-hmm. our uh, – walk into full core and we are going something a little bit more recent mm-hmm. it's going to be a first time viewing for you uh-huh i'm exciting for that me I'm too excited. so until that time this is greg d i'm genius mcgee and we'll see you in your dreams <laughs>